anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I, of course, am your host, the one and only voice and soul of so-called fiction, broadcasting once again, deep behind enemy lines, back in hot, humid, somewhat sunny, sometimes rainy Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Made it back from Guadalajara yesterday morning. And uh, had a nice little, nice little long weekend trip there. I'd, I'd never been, and it was not really what I was expecting. There's a lot of interesting areas in and around Guadalajara that I got to see. There's a nice big lake out there, and you can go up into the mountains and get some pretty cool views. I did stop by the town of Tequila for uh, the little uh, tequila tasting. Uh, drunken afternoon which was a lot of fun a nice little drive out there too you know going through the countryside seeing all the uh, agave plants and everything like that and man that that town was uh it was popping it wasn't i don't think it was as crowded as it has been historically just because of the whole covid19 thing but there were still a lot of people out there having a, a good old time so it was a it was a nice little trip. I had uh, it was kind of cool to get away and, and see some other parts of Mexico. And I had a great uh, my friend over there was just a great host and uh, took me around, drove me everywhere, which was really I don't know what I would have done if I just gone to Guadalajara by myself and just I don't know wandered around or used public transportation or Uber or something. It seemed like you really needed a car to get around there, at least to do the things that I wanted to do. So and oddly enough, they um. They so they tested positive for COVID uh, Monday, the day I got back. They, they uh, she hadn't been feeling well, but pretty much like the whole time I was there. Um, and, and she thought it was related to some mold, like there was like black mold in one of the the bathrooms, just from like all this humidity and everything. And so she she thought it was because of that, but it, it sounds like this whole time it's just been COVID, you know, just sort of like achy fever, congestion kind of thing. And so Monday, uh, when I was flying back, she went and got tested and I landed and, and she's like, yeah, I have COVID. And uh, the poor thing, man, she was super paranoid about COVID. Like the, she's one of the, uh, you know, the, those that have been like freaking out about this. And was fully vaccinated. Johnson and Johnson wears the mask everywhere. Avoids crowds. She was even at one point um, when we were in Tequila. You know, they we were at this restaurant, and she was eating some chips and salsa, right? And she kept putting these little pieces of chip chips on her napkin. And and I asked her, I was like, well, what are you doing? You know, it was like not eating the, the crust on your pizza or something, except this is just a portion of the chip. And she's like, oh, well, I touched those with my fingers and I didn't want to eat them, you know, because of COVID. 
And uh, sure enough, she probably already had it. She definitely already had it at that point because she tested positive the following morning. Uh, so that I don't know, just some more anecdotal evidence of that these um, these vaccines just seem to be completely inept. And I actually have a, an article here that that uh, Danny just sent me, which uh, Daniel from um, Actual Anarchy, I did their podcast last Thursday night. For those of you who are supporting listeners of the show. I sent you the the link to the live stream before maybe like an hour or two before we went live, which is when I I received it. So uh, some of you guys got in there. I know uh, a couple of you were were commenting towards the end there. I don't know how much you guys saw. Uh, you know, it's it's a really fun time getting getting together with those guys. I I always have have fun. I I don't know how much we actually talked about the movie. We went again for like three hours. It just seemed like <laughs> very little of it had to do with like the movie review. But I don't remember exactly what we talked about. I don't know. I. I probably drank about two bottles of wine over the course of the thing too. So who knows? Hopefully it was enjoyable. I sure had a good time. And so that, that is up now on, I think their YouTube channel. He sent me the, the link to the, the actual, uh, the full episode with like the breakdown of what we talked about when I haven't had time to check it out, but that is up there. You guys can go see me on actual anarchy. Had some had some good times uh, reviewing Point Break there. But anyway, he sent me an article just a little while ago, or it was actually just a meme, but the, the headline was the this CDC reporting a 74% of people infected in Massachusetts were fully vaccinated. 74%. And this is, you know, it, it was only, it looks like the study was, I think it was like 400 469 cases between uh, July 3rd and July 17th, and 74% of them, we'll, we'll get into this, but they were fully vaccinated as well. And, you know, it's just the the more you, you, you see this, this vaccine just seems to be completely inept, at least against the the Delta variant, right? And I've been, I've been talking to some of my other friends, you know, my sister, who's a nurse, texted me and she asked, you know, uh, about, you know, what I was doing about COVID and everything like that. And we started, you know, she started giving me the, the same lines that you hear in throughout all of this media, you know, and I keep I keep asking her, I was like, well, you know, why why are people going to get this vaccine if it doesn't fucking do anything to, to prevent you from getting this Delta variant? And you still have to wear your mask everywhere and you still have to like abide by all these guidelines. What's the point? It's like, you know, if you're going to have sex with a girl, right, and they want you to wear a condom, but you putting on the condom doesn't give you any more protection against STDs and you can still get them pregnant. Why the hell would I bag it if I can still catch a burner and I can still knock her up? Right. You know, it's like so everything is going to be more uncomfortable. It's going to be less enjoyable. And I don't get you know, it doesn't prevent me from any of the things that I'm worried about. Well, what's the point? You might as well just raw dog it, raw dog that free air. And then she says, well, you know, it's it's because all of these unvaccinated people are going around that, you know, without the vaccine that we're getting all of these mutations, all these variants. It's because of the unvaccinated. And we're seeing more and more of this blame being put on people that haven't been vaccinated, right? Now, whenever you look at these vaccine numbers too, I think it's a little uh, misleading, right? Because they say like, 
you know, 60% or actually, no, we just hit the, the 70% mark. We just hit the 70% vaccination rate a month behind schedule. If you remember like July 4th, I think was Biden's date to get 70% of American adults vaccinated. And we just hit it on August 3rd. So we're like a month behind schedule. So there's a, a little over almost 181 million people or 70% of American adults have received at least one dose, while 165 million roughly, that's about 50% of the population, were fully vaccinated, okay? But the, the thing is, they don't, you know, they don't take into account the number of people that have had COVID-19. They're, they're not including people that have already had COVID-19 and therefore, ha you know, they got vaccinated the, the natural way, the old-fashioned way, right? They got it, and they built up a natural immunity. How, how many people fit into that category, and shouldn't that be added to this 70% total? And I'm sure there's some overlap, you know. I'm sure a percentage of those 70% of Americans that have gotten the jab, at least one dose, have also had COVID-19. So there, there's some overlap there, but... Man, you know, we're, we we have a, a very substantial amount of people that have gotten this vaccine already, and it just doesn't seem to be doing anything to, to benefit these, uh, especially the, the people that can get the Delta variant. And like even, you know, the CDC comes out and Fauci comes out and, and says that, you know, they carry the same amount of the virus in their nose. They can pass it just as easy, easily as unvaccinated people. And then they, they fall back on this claim that's just impossible to fucking prove, which is why they love it, you know? They they say that, well, you know, you're less likely to get very, very sick, you know? You're less likely to be hospitalized, you're less likely to die. I mean, I, I don't know how you prove that. I, I really don't know how you prove that, because we have, uh, they, they can't seem to figure out how anybody, like, why different people react completely differently to this to this virus right like some people are asymptomatic show no symptoms at all some people are hospitalized generally older people with underlying conditions and, and other people you know they're you know mild to moderately sick it lasts three days it lasts a week some people lose their sense of taste and their sense of smell for a couple weeks some people don't like nobody can explain why this virus affects people differently so i don't know how you take one person who got sick from the COVID-19 and say, well, they would have been sicker if they didn't have the vaccine. It's like, well, how the fuck do you prove that? Yeah, how do you know that? You know, it's like the same thing that they do with uh, the, the, the same thing these Keynesians do when they when they talk about like the recession, the Great Recession or something like that. Well, you know, the Great Recession would have been worse if we didn't spend all this money. It would have been so much worse if we didn't spend you know, if we didn't bail out the banks and spend uh, two trillion dollars and think of how much worse COVID-19 would have been if we didn't spend seven trillion dollars last year. Right. They can always just make this claim and it's just impossible to prove or disprove because we don't have like an alternate universe where we can run these two different tracks simultaneously. And then they'll say the same thing about uh, government programs. Right. It's like, well, you know, the, the, the program just needed to be bigger. We just needed to spend more money. Yeah, you know, all these problems with, ed with the education system. Oh, it's because, you know, those goddamn Republicans didn't want to spend $14 trillion on it. If we, we only spent like $8 trillion, if we had spent 14 then the, the program would have been wonderful, right? And it's the same kind of 
bullshit argument that they throw out there that's impossible to back up and it's impossible to prove or disprove so they they love to say stuff like that 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 is the the government's bread and butter right and, and two things right making uh, claims that can't be proven or disproven and finding scapegoats to to blame everything on now it's the unvaccinated people that are just ruining life for the rest of you guys right the, the, this is the line of attack if it weren't for the unvaccinated you'd be able to do x y and z if it weren't for the unvaccinated we wouldn't have all these variants all these, you know, people in America, they're so selfish and just get the vaccine. Just get it. Just don't think about it. Just shut up and listen to us. Get the vaccine. I forget. Uh, somebody somebody uh, help me out here. Where did the Delta variant come from? Where did it start? Because I'm pretty sure it wasn't in America. So hypothetically, if 100% of Americans were fully vaccinated, both shots of uh, Moderna or Pfizer or one shot of the Johnson & Johnson, 100% of American adults, even the children, let's say just 100% every person in this country were fully vaccinated. Well, what happens when, when somebody from India comes over with the Delta variant? Then what? Or some other country, right? You know, there's like a, a Colombian variant I've, I've been hearing about down here. There, there's like, what are we going to, are we going to close off our borders? Uh, no more Hindus allowed? Because I mean that, man, that, that sounds awfully racist. Almost like that Muslim ban that Donald Trump was trying to impose, right? So what are we going to do here? Like, there's just no way that you're going to get everybody in the world vaccinated to, even if that was true, which I, I don't know how you can make that claim. It, it seems completely unsubstantiated to me. Granted, I am no scientist or doctor, but how do you know that all of these virus mutations are simply because there are people that are unvaccinated? When the, the science is telling us, the settled science is telling us that vaccinated people can contract these, these things just as easily and they can transmit it just as easily now which is why they have to go back to wearing masks, which is why we have to go back to doing all the things that uh, didn't seem to make a difference the first go around, which if you remember, like go back to some of the, the episodes where we were talking about these lockdowns, like the, 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 it's just all so ridiculous. What are we going to do? Because at some point you have to open society back up at some point you have to, right? We can't keep living like vegetables forever. And we can't just keep having the government print money and give people checks. At some point, people have to go back to work and start producing things. And as soon as that happens, the you know the social distancing is gone, the masks are coming off, like, and you're gonna get the, the spread of the virus, whether they're vaccinated or not. So why why keep going back to this thing, these things that you know you look at these charts of the masks and there's just no clear evidence that that they actually have any effect <laughs> the, the 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 chart man uh mask mandates the charts of the mask mandates rather sorry it's it's kind of late on tuesday night <laughs> uh, i'm really late getting this episode out so for most of you it'll probably be wednesday morning or whatever when you actually listen to this but the the charts of the mask mandates i mean they're all over the place there's no rhyme or reason to the the, the numbers there 
uh, the, the lockdown, if the lockdowns worked the first time, why are we doing them the second time? And you know, the same thing. Why do we have to go back to the masks if they worked the first time? Like we, we can't just keep doing this. This is all just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But let's take a look at this CDC study, right? And this is, you know, um, this is being reported in a lot of different news outlets too. It's not like the fringe, like alt-right sites or something. I had it, I had it originally from CNBC, but for whatever reason, their site kept refreshing and, and blanking out the article. So I couldn't keep, like every 10 seconds, the article would just disappear and I have to refresh it. So this is from verywellhealth.com. But there's, I, I, you know, when I Googled it, and I used Google, that this came up uh, all over the place. 74% of people infected in Massachusetts COVID-19 outbreak were vaccinated. So yeah, as I said, the study was published in the CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report on July 30th, and it detailed the July 21st COVID-19 outbreak in Barnstable County, Massachusetts, specifically Provincetown. Okay, several large public events in the area led to 469 COVID-19 cases in people who traveled to the area between July 3rd and the 17th, 469 infected, 346 of them, or 74%, were fully vaccinated. Genomic testing on 133 patients found that 90% had the Delta variant. The majority of patients with breakthrough infections, 79% experienced symptoms including coughing, headache, sore throat, muscle aches, pains, and fever. My God, you know, that <laughs> I still can't get over just how crazy the reaction to this virus is. I, I, I'm sorry, I've had it. I think I've had it twice now. And it's just both times it was just nothing. I mean, it was very, very minor. Fever, muscle aches. I had a sore throat the first time, I think, and a fever and muscle aches. That lasted three days. Uh, the second time, which I think I probably had the Delta variant, uh, just a fever. A uh, fever and a little bit of cough. Not much of a cough. Like, I've had... I, I was so much sicker just like 10 years ago. I came back from Mexico, and I think I might have had, like, swine flu or something. I lost 25 pounds, and it lasted, like, two or three weeks. I think that was, like, the sickest I remember being. Of course, I didn't go see a doctor or anything, but like I was coughing like fucking crazy for, for two weeks. Just felt terrible, uh, you know, tired all the time, didn't want to eat this. I mean, you just read it and like every 79% of the people experience, you know, minor flu-like symptoms. <laughs> Let's shut down the entire fucking world for that, shall we? It really is just unbelievable. Anyway, among the five people who were hot, oh, oh, so wait, here, first they have a, a break, uh, breakdown of the different vaccines, right? So the Pfizer vaccine, 159 people, 46% of the infected had the Pfizer, 38% had the Moderna, and 56% had the Johnson & Johnson. So there were five people who were hospitalized in the outbreak. Four of them were fully vaccinated. No deaths were reported. So that's interesting that four out of the five who were hospitalized had the vaccine, fully vaccinated. Because you keep hearing these lines that they say, you know, the, you're less likely to be hospitalized and you're, you're less likely to have severe symptoms. Now, I, I, again, 
I think these numbers are just completely misleading because anybody under the age of like 60 is is less likely to have severe symptoms and less likely to be hospitalized. And we're having a ton of young people get vaccinated. So I think they're, you know, like a 25 year old who gets vaccinated, who gets a minor case of the of uh, COVID-19 would have gotten a minor case of COVID-19 99.9% of the time anyway, with or without the vaccine. So uh, I, I really think these numbers are bullshit. We, we need to look at just like the, the, the group of people that we know are at high risk for this. Old people, people with compromised immune systems, people with underlying conditions. Show me just the vaccine numbers on them. That's what I would love to see. Now, I haven't seen any of that. I do follow this stuff pretty closely. I haven't seen any studies. If you guys do have studies like that, show me those numbers, please, because I would love to see. I just want to see the the people because we you know we know what was happening to eighty year olds with underlying conditions last year without a vaccine, right? We know a lot of them were not. They made up the vast majority of the COVID-19 deaths and hospitalizations and everything like that. So I want to see what's happening with those people with the vaccine. That's what I want to see. And if, you know, if they are, you know, there's less hospitalizations uh, among that group and, and less deaths and everything like that, then, uh, okay, then maybe the, these vaccines are... Um, doing what, what, what they're uh, sort of purported to do. They don't seem to be stopping these variants. But I'm sorry, like the idea that the, the virus is not going to mutate if we all take these vaccines, it just, it just seems absolutely ridiculous to me. I mean, viruses mutate. That's what they do. But that's the nature of the virus. Like the, the whole point of the virus is to be transmittable, right? If you're a virus, you, you want to live by getting uh, transmitted between people, right? And what, what makes viruses more transmittable is that they become, you know, less deadly, and, you know, the, the symptoms are milder. Maybe they have a longer incubation period. So people are walking around and, and talking to people and, and doing whatever and spreading it without realizing that they actually are, are carrying the virus. So, I mean, that, that, that seems to be just the natural evolution of viruses. Like they get less deadly and more transmissible. It, it doesn't make sense. You know, when you hear Fauci talking about how they're it's more deadly and more transmissible. That that just don't, doesn't add up. Uh, that that dog won't hunt. I don't know how you become more deadly and more transmissible. That that you rarely see that, if ever. Because if you if you're more deadly than the the people that could transmit the virus, that well they're dead. You know, it's like that's why Ebola isn't very transmissible because it's like deadly and you get like really bad symptoms like really quickly. You know, you start like bleeding from your ears or whatever the hell happens. It's like you're not going to be going out to parties anyway. It's um, th this Delta variant is really just running rampant right now. It looks like according to this article here, three percent of the cases in, in, of the virus in late May were delta variant and now it's 82 percent of the cases so this is the dominant strain now and the vaccines are seem to be almost completely inept against stopping it so i don't know where we go from here we, we come up with another vaccine and then what then there's another variant 
and we need a new vaccine for that one. Like I've been saying, this is this is it. I mean, this is like the flu vaccine, right? It's they're just going to have to guess as to which variant is going to be bad that year. They're just going to have to try to anticipate new variants and come up with things for that. Like, it's not going away. This is not going to be like polio, okay? We're not going to eradicate the coronavirus. It's here. Why it's here, you know, seems to be a little shady story there. Maybe it's up for a little investigation, as to where the funding came from, whether it was a lab link, with uh, lab leak, which I uh, tend to think it is, t- seems to be the most likely uh, scenario to me. Not some uh, person eating bat soup or whatever, but it's here. It's here, and we're gonna have to fucking deal with it. And I don't think the way to deal with it is to just have people recoil into their houses. And put masks on and, and do all this other stuff. Like, uh, like I said, you know, if uh, if my friend Iguala got it, I, I mean, she took every precaution imaginable. You know, at some point, you gotta live your life, and that you know, the, the the sooner we do that, I think the better off we will all be. That's that's uh, my my take on this whole thing. Hey, let's take a quick second and thank our sponsor for today's show, and that is Zipix Toothpicks. For all you smokers out there who need your nicotine fix, but maybe you're not in the right environment to smoke, or maybe you're, you know, chewing, doing chewing tobacco, you're dipping, you're vaping, God forbid you're fucking vaping, you can throw all that stuff out and get some of these nicotine-infused flavored toothpicks that you can pop in your mouth whenever you want, wherever you want. They taste good. You still get that nicotine fix. You get a little buzz going. You can do it indoors. You can do it on a plane. You can do it on a bus. You can do it on a train. I feel like uh, Dr. Seuss now. (laughs) Uh, I will not eat green eggs and ham. Um... But uh, yeah, uh, these these are great. This is a great like over the counter alternative, like smokeless alternative. So go to zippixtoothpicks.com. That's z i p p i x dot com. Enter the promo code fiction and you'll get fifteen percent off your order. It's a great little product. You know, it, it's just smoking is kind of disgusting. I mean, let's face it especially if you're you're out with a lady or something like that. I know most of our listeners are guys here. I'll tell you what, you know, the the ladies they don't like it when you smell and taste like cigarettes and your your teeth are all yellow and and disgusting or you're spitting tobacco into a uh I don't know, spittoon or whatever the fuck is to an empty water bottle or something like that. Not a big turn on for the ladies. So go to Zippix, get some of these toothpicks, and you can conceal that nasty habit from her until she falls in love with you. And then you can start smoking around her and it'll be too late. So go to ZippixToothpicks.com, promo code fiction. All right, let's get back into the show. Uh, the, the, the creepiest part about this for me is just how quickly there you know the government is pointing the finger at at unvaccinated people for as if like they're the reason for all of the problems of, of covid-19 as if they're the reason why like your business was closed they're the reason why you can't go back to work they're the reason why grandma died they're the reason why you have to wear your mask again in public and indoors they're the reason why your life sucks 
And that is just completely ridiculous. The reason your life sucks on a number of different levels is because of the government. It is because of everything the government does, everything the government touches. But if we're just going to talk about COVID-19, it's the government's response to COVID-19 that made your life a living hell for the last year and a half. That, that, that's what it is. It's not the unvaccinated people. I mean, they're, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. The, the vaccinated people can apparently contract and spread the disease just as easily as uh, uh, unvaccinated people. But, but for some reason, just the unvaccinated ones are to blame. And they, you know, they're great at getting the, the American people to fight with one another. That this is how they deflect that you know the focus off of them. They haven't done anything wrong. It's not like they've gotten this wrong every step of the way from the start. And all of these measures they've taken have been completely ridiculous and ineffective. And they had you know they took advantage of this situation to give trillions of dollars again, another trillion dollar handout, one of the biggest wealth transfers from the poor and the middle class to the rich and the well uh, connected. None of that. No. Nothing to see there. You see you see what's really causing all your problems? It's that guy over there that didn't get vaccinated. That's who it is. And man, they do this with everything. And it's just, it, it really is just driving me absolutely insane. It reminds me of what they did with, um, it reminds me a lot of what they did in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis, right? You know? Um, anybody who, who knows what was really the cause of the housing collapse and the, the greatest financial uh, disaster since the Great Depression knows that the government had a pretty major hand in the whole thing. You know, who was it that was artificially suppressing interest rates, blowing up a housing bubble? Who created Fannie and Freddie that that created the the largest market for subprime mortgage loans, mortgage-backed security, all these subprime uh, securities. Who was the number one buyer of those loans? It was Fannie and Freddie, these government-sponsored entities. So, you know, the, the famous line was like, greed went crazy in 2008. Wall Street got drunk. <laughs> it's like, uh, I think it was the, the Peter Schiff quote was like, if Wall Street got drunk, the, the Federal Reserve was the one spiking the punch bowl or something like that. You know, the, the government was without the government's interference in the marketplace, right? Without them, you know, uh, trying to push home ownership on unqualified buyers, you know, uh, um, forcing uh, interest rates artificially low, incentivizing um, banks and stuff to, to loan to riskier and riskier people. Without that, None of this stuff would have taken place in a free market. But what happens when when the whole thing blows up, the government investigates everything and they point to Wall Street greed, right? Uh, nothing to see here. It was those fat cats on Wall Street. They're, they're, they're scapegoating the, 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 vax, the unvaccinated people the same way they scapegoated uh, a, you know, Wall Street greed, which is just absolutely ridiculous because greed is always there. Wall Street greed is, is never more, they're never more greedy, you know, tomorrow than they were the day before. It's a constant. So to try to explain an anomaly when something is constant is just co completely ridiculous. But, you know, they're pointing the finger away from them 
and and onto these people that I mean, granted, you know, Wall Street, it, it's not a perfect analogy, but I think you get the point, right? They're they're always going to find somebody to blame, and it's never the government's fault. It's never anything that they did. It's always something that other guy did. So they get us fighting amongst ourselves. It was those racist bigots over there. It was those uh, the fat cats on Wall Street not paying their fair share. It's always that. It's always somebody else that you need to be angry at, that you need to direct your anger at. And it's just amazing to me that nobody, the vast majority of the American people, never pick up on this. Like, when are you going to catch on? Anyway, the um, <laughs> in other coronavirus news, the goalposts have been moved once again. Now that, you know, I mentioned that we hit the 70% vaccination uh, threshold that they were shooting for. Granted, it was a month late, but better late than never, right? Well, not, not according to uh, Anthony Fauci. Because now that we've gotten to 70%, it's like, well, you know, I'd settle for 70 or maybe 80%, but I'd love to see 90%. Now, they, now they're shooting for 90 And he admitted that the only way to get to that sort of level, there, there's apparently something like 93 million unvaccinated people. We're going to need some local mandates. But yeah, it's not just the Fauci either. It's the Infectious Disease Society of America. They're saying that now that we're seeing this Delta spread, we we need well over eighty percent and maybe even ninety percent to get the to get the herd immunity. Um, but I mean, the, the absurdity of this just on its face when these va- these vaccines don't do the vaccines we have right now don't seem to be doing anything against the Delta variant. So how are we going to get herd immunity with a vaccine that doesn't stop the uh, the people from getting the virus? I mean, we'll, we'll, I mean, I guess we'll just get to herd immunity the the old-fashioned way. People will just contract it. And, and the other you know, the other issue here that nobody seems to really bring up. You know, I mentioned how these a lot of these variants have come from outside the United. Like all of this had come from outside the United States, right? But you know, we're we're spending we're using all of these vaccines on a lot of young, healthy people that really don't necessarily need it, right? And and meanwhile, there's all of these old, unvaccinated people in other countries who probably do need it. Shouldn't they be getting so these vaccines before we give them to like 22-year-old college kids? I don't know. I mean, the other thing is, you know, a lot of the people that have been getting the vaccines, you know, they have the, the breakdown of the population here. Not looking good for all the uh, uh, minorities. They're, 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 there's black and Hispanic people have received far smaller shares of vaccinations compared to their shares of cases and their uh, total population in, in most states. So it's, um, I, I don't think that's an accident. I don't think it's like they don't have access to it. I mean, there, there's plenty of opportunities to get the vaccine. It doesn't cost you anything, at least, uh, you know, not overtly. It doesn't cost you anything. You just go in there and they give it to you. So why? Why, why are so many minorities not getting the vaccine? Because in, in places like New York City, where they, they seem to be the first major city that I know of to push for unvaccinated people to not be able to go to the gym, go to restaurants, go to plays and stuff like that. They're rolling out this vaccine app. This is proof of vaccine app. It's like a vaccine passport thing. So, you know, people are going to be discriminated against at these establishments. And Cuomo has come out 
de Blasio's come out. They want all of these businesses to require people to be vaccinated in order to attend, in order to patronize. You know, you could put that another way because once these um, once these mandates take effect, where people have to show a proof of vaccine in order to go to a restaurant, only about one in six of New York's black residents will be able to go to the restaurant. Put another way, you know, if we want to be a little less generous with the headlines on this, instead of, you know, because of COVID-19, de Blasio orders restaurants to require vaccines, eh, you could also say de Blasio orders restaurants to deny access to one in one out of six black people in New York, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, man, this is this is getting pretty interesting to watch the 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 dance that they're doing, the mental gymnastics dance around, uh, you know, I don't know how they handle the, the, the fact that a lot of minorities are not taking this vaccine. And they're, they're going to blame it on like, you know, racism you know they'll blame it on lack of access lack of medical access or something which is just completely ridiculous i mean they're they're do they're bending over backwards to get people vaccinated there's just no way these people don't have access to it just because of the neighborhood they live in or the color of their skin or something they just don't trust it and they don't want it for whatever reason but now you know now it's okay to deny access to minorities to your restaurant you can discriminate, but just just based off of uh, medical, just based off of your medical status, which again, you know, there's another, I have another um, article here from the, uh, you know, the White House COVID response coordinator says it's time to impose vaccine requirements as well. And if you remember on the, the last episode I did last week, I told you that now that they've sort of surrendered this this uh, narrative that the once you take the vaccine, then you can resume your normal life. Well, it's time for them to start requiring things and force, and we're going to see more and more uh, calls for the use of force. And this is, um, what's his name, Jeffrey Zients announced uh, uh, yesterday that it's time to impose some requirements where COVID vaccines are concerned. And they're going to start with uh, government workers and then probably work their way down from that. But one of my favorite Joe Biden quotes here, you know, he would like to see, you know, Facebook and Google are fully on board with, with this whole vaccine mandate. They're, they're van- mandating vaccines for their employees. Good old Facebook and Google in lockstep with the federal government. Isn't that amazing? You know, these private companies that are just a, a completely pure, unadulterated free market, private company that can do what they want. Just happen to be uh, lockstep, one hundred percent on board with uh, the federal government's narrative. Isn't that fucking interesting? But the the Biden quote here. Let me see if I have the audio. You got that? It's still a question, apparently, to Joe Biden as to whether or not the federal government can mandate that the entire country inject themselves with an experimental vaccine. 
Here, let me answer the question for you, Joe. Yeah, no, you can't do that. You can't fucking do that. You cannot mandate that the entire country take a drug. You can't do it. The federal government does not have that sort of power, that jurisdiction. They they were never given anything remotely related, any power delegated to them remotely in this arena at all. The, the fact that this is even a question is absolutely ridiculous. Hey, can we make John over in Oklahoma take this drug? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, if, if you concede that, you concede any notion of you being a free individual person, and you are 100% the property of the government. And uh, make no mistake about it, it will be very interesting to see what happens with this, you know, when it goes to the Supreme Court. And, and they're going to, you know, they're going to try to use... My guess would be like the general welfare clause or something like that. They're going to try to exploit that. It's like, well, it's for the general welfare, you know, so everybody doesn't get sick, which is just, again, like, I hate that fucking general welfare clause. It doesn't mean that the federal government can do whatever the hell they want if they say it's for the general welfare of the American people. That is not what the general welfare clause was about. It only applied to the powers that were delegated to the federal government. I, I mean, if the government can just come in and say, hey, this is for everybody's benefit, this is for the general welfare, which is like the most blanketed generic term ever, well, then there'd be no limits on the powers that they'd have. And the the whole point of the, the, the Constitution uh, of limiting the, the federal government's power would be moot. I mean, why would they even have this document if all they had to say was general welfare clause, we can do whatever we want. What that general welfare clause is supposed to mean is that if the federal government was given a power, right, like say, you know, they have the uh, the ability to create post offices and deliver the mail, right? That's That's one of the powers that's delegated to the federal government. Well, if in order to carry out the delivery of the mail, it's in the general welfare uh, of everybody that they create, you know, postal roads that that make it more, then they can do that. Like they can, within reason, you know, they can do whatever they need to do to facilitate the power that was delegated to them. The power being, we can deliver mail. Okay, well, then we need postal roads. It's like, okay, well, you can do postal roads because that's in the general welfare and uh, of everybody, you know, so that everybody can receive mail and you are given the ability to deliver mail. Okay, it's not like you can just do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, We can inject people with with, uh, vaccines that we created because it's in everybody's benefit and we say so absolutely fucking not there is nothing in there that gives the government power over any sort of medical thing like this is no business of the government whatsoever and you can see how fucking uh murky and distorted the science gets the 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 medicine gets you don't want the government involved like once it becomes a political issue at common sense goes out the window the truth goes out the window everything just gets ruined we don't want the government anywhere near any of this <laughs> but just what what a fucking stunning I don't know. It's still a question as to whether or not the federal government can mandate injecting a drug into people for the whole country. The whole country. I mean, they shouldn't be able to mandate it for anybody, but I guess 
federal employees, you can be like, okay, if you want to work for the federal government, you got to do this. But mandating it for every man, woman, and child in the entire country is just, it's so far and beyond the, the scope of the federal government's power. It is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. There's, there's also just something that's really interesting about this whole vaccine thing that I haven't really uh, talked too much about, which is the fact that, you know, I keep calling it an experimental drug. And it is. It is an experimental drug. Like the FDA has still not approved this. And all of these people that are, are telling you to get the vaccine, no doubt, no doubt, they worship the FDA. They, if the, if we're talking about anything else, any other drug that big pharma came up with that, and the FDA hadn't approved it. And, and we were saying, oh, you should take like the government should force you to take this drug that their own food and drug administration hadn't cleared as, as safe to take except for emergency use. I mean, there, there's no way they, they would be on board with this. There's just absolutely no way. And the fact that, you know, they had to, we, we have all all this FDA requirements in place, right? And libertarians will point to that as some of the reasons why we have such high drug costs and, and issues with our drugs, because it costs like billions of dollars to bring a drug to market, because you, according to the FDA, you not only have to prove that it doesn't do any harm, you have to prove efficacy, which which is really hard to prove. A <laughs> case in point would be these vaccines. Um, if, if they had to prove efficacy on these vaccines in order to get FDA approval, how the fuck are you going to do that? How the fuck are you going to say that these vaccines... Could you imagine if I had a drug and I went to the FDA and I said, well, yeah, you know, 74% of the people that we tested in Massachusetts still still got whatever this drug was supposed to prevent you from getting. But it's effective. It's effective, you know, because they would have gotten sicker if they hadn't taken my drug. I'd be fucking laughed out of that building, laughed out of that fucking building. But for some reason, for some reason, we are making it a, a major exception for, for this COVID-19 vaccine. So much so that they threw out the entire fucking playbook. They said, oh, you know, we have all of these things in, in, in place, you know, in theory to protect the American people from dangerous drug companies coming up with drugs and, and, and telling you that they're safe to take when they're really not safe to take. They took that whole playbook and they threw it out the window. Why? Because it takes too long and we needed the drug right now. So we'll approve it for experimental use, emergency use only, but everybody must take it. Everybody must take it. There's just something delicious about this whole thing. Absolutely delicious. Like they're, they're, tacitly admitting that uh, not only is this FDA process cumbersome and can prevent people from getting the drugs that they need when they need them, but they're also contradicting the whole the whole justification for the FDA in the first place. It's like, well, well, it's an emergency, uh, so none of that actually matters. This is this is too serious to go through our government process. We we just need to do this now, and we'll we'll sort out the details later. We can apply. They're all applying for FDA approval. I, I think sometime in the next couple of months, and Johnson and Johnson later this year or something. So sometime this year, they oh god, I guess the next couple of months is later this year. It's already fucking August. But yeah, so they all want this FDA approval. 
And they still haven't got like the FDA takes like a really long time to approve these things. But if, if they fucking approve this, I don't I don't understand like the the, the threshold then for all of these other drugs. I mean, wait, wait, like once they approve and, you know, they're going to because they can't back away from this narrative. Now, there's no way that after telling everybody in the world that they need to get this vaccine, that the, the FDA is going to come out and not approve them for normal everyday use. But then, so then when, uh, you know, the next time Pfizer brings a drug to market, they can point to the, the COVID vaccine efficacy and be like, hey, this one uh, only stopped uh, 26% of the Delta variant and you recommended it. You approved it. Oh, well, if they don't take my drug, imagine how much sicker they would be. Uh, you fucking pr- prove that to the FDA, please. I'd love to see that presentation. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, I, I think I might be... No, no, I'm not way over time, but I, I guess I have a couple minutes to maybe talk about the, all this Olympic stuff. You know, I haven't been following the Olympics. I, I don't have, like, live TV here, and I don't know if... I guess you can watch it on YouTube or something. I just keep seeing these articles about, you know, all of these woke fucking uh, athletes, these Olympians, and... uh all of the issues that they're having, right? Like the the other delicious <laughs> news is that the, the women's soccer team, the woke ass fucking run your mouth women's soccer team that nobody wants to hear from, nobody fucking cares about. Like, I, I'm sorry, nobody in the US gives a shit about fucking soccer, okay? Down here in Mexico, yeah, soccer is a big deal. Uh, soccer in the U.S. is like it's got to be one of the least popular fucking sport. Like it's like there's like badminton, shuffleboard, and then soccer. And then this isn't even the men's soccer. This is the women's soccer. So it's even less popular than that. I mean, and, and all these women do, yeah, they got their purple fucking hair and they bitch about how they're not making enough money and blah 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 blah. And then they get their fucking ass whooped. They get their fucking ass, what was it, Sweden? All these beautiful, smoking hot fucking blonde chicks just fucking ran the tables on them. And then they lost to uh, Canada. They just got upset by Canada. I don't know. I don't follow it. I just thought there was something hilarious about like a bunch of like super hot blonde chicks beating like a bunch of super dikey looking social justice warriors who are like more concerned with like kneeling for the national anthem and bitching about um equal pay than they are about scoring goals and it just looks like this woke shit is just dying off like right in front of our eyes there was the um they had the tranny weightlifter the uh there's this guy who's like powerlifting in women's competitions. And apparently he got knocked out <laughs> or she got knocked out, whatever the hell you want to call them. They, uh, they, they couldn't hack it. And then you have the, uh, the, the big story is the uh, Simone Biles or whatever her name is. She dropped out of the competition for mental health reasons. I don't even really know where to start with that. Like, uh, I, I see a lot of people, you know, I, I see that it's gotten mixed, mixed uh, reactions, right? There's like some people that are like really critical of her and others that are like really supportive. Oh, thank you. You bring in like, you know, all of this attention to mental health issues. Look, th- this isn't like somebody suffering from, oh, maybe she is suffering from depression. I have no idea what what's going on mentally, but you know, it, it, it seems more likely to me that this is like a, a pressure situation, like she's succumbing to the pressure of the moment. 
But, you know, according to the, the, the tweets I saw of hers, it was just the pressure of the moment got to her. And, you know, I have no idea what's what's going on in her head or and, and you know, mental. I don't want to make light of mental health issues. I just want to point out the fact that, like, one of, like, the biggest aspects of sports, particularly pro- professional sports, particularly like the Olympics, is being able to overcome the mental aspect of it and perform like right then and there in front of a crowd when the pressure's on you know you you have the the mental uh strength to do that that's like a huge part of it you know we used to, we used always used to call Rex Grossman a mental midget because he would always fucking choke when the pressure was on and then you talk you know you talk about these guys that that come through in the clutch you know oh he's a clutch hitter he always fucking rises to the occasion that, that that's all like the mental aspect of it, right? You overcome the pressure of the moment mentally. Like all of these, all of these Olympians could no doubt perform a, a floor routine or you know a high jump or something when they're just practicing in the gym and there's no pressure on. The the whole point is to do it under pressure and and overcoming the mental aspects of that is like you know. Uh, where they say baseball is like ninety percent mental and twenty percent physical or something. Or wait, wait, was that from the Little Giants? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But like the 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 whole thing of sports is like it's a, a lot of it's mental, and you have to be able to overcome that mentally. And I I think it should be a knock on a professional athlete if they can't overcome the whatever they're going through mentally to perform in that moment. I don't know. It just, it really just seems like the, um, the, the, the fall of the American empire is even manifesting itself in the Olympics, right? Like the, the, the women's soccer team, I think they're playing for like third place now, according to this article that I was reading. So if they, they win everything else, they might take home third place. We have, um, our, our best gymnasts are taking mental health days instead of competing. And, um, I don't know. Our, our tranny weightlifters, our men can't compete with women <laughs> in, in the actual, in weightlifting, in weightlifting of all things. I mean, you'd think you'd run away with it. Anyway, I have no idea what else is going on with the Olympics. I just keep seeing these stories and I thought maybe I'd give you my two cents on it. I, I just, I find it absolutely ridiculous that people get praised for uh, for a ducking out of the Olympics because of, of mental health. And so she just bows out. I don't think that should be praised. I'm sorry. I think that's like, you should at least go out there and try. I don't know. It would have worked out for whoever her alternate was that just got to go in there and, and compete. That It's nice for her. I don't know who that was or if she how she did. But man, to just say like, uh, there's too much pressure. I'm just going to sit this one out. I I don't see how I don't see the virtue in that, I, and especially because like you have this whole team of of girls that you've been working with, right? That you're kind of letting down. I, I don't know. I mean, they to me, you know, I I would feel a sense of obligation to my teammates. You know, forget about you know the obligation to represent the USA or something like that. Like all of these girls work their fucking entire lives for this moment. And the moment gets you, you feel too much pressure. So you just, you just pack it up and you go home. And we're, we're praising that now. Uh, Michelle Obama wants to give her the gold medal just for, 
I don't know, for showing up. I got, now we just get participation gold medals. That That is so, it is so fucking America right now. And it's just, I, I don't know what else to say. But it's not like, it, it, again, you know, you know what actually really bugs me about it is that they act like this was such a brave thing to do. And it wasn't. It, it's not brave or risky. I mean, look at the praise that's being heaped on her by the fucking former first lady uh, in like you know she gets written up oh thank you so much for bringing attention to mental health issues and you're so brave for doing that no 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 that's not uh, bowing down bowing out is not bravery you know packing up and going home when the pressure gets too hot is not bravery i mean that's like you know that's like the guy in the foxhole that just you know curls up into a ball and starts crying because the pressure of the moment and he's the hero. He's getting the the medals now, the the medal of honor, and, and all his, you know, the rest of his squad has to fucking keep fighting the war while he's sitting there, and they got to carry him, you know, up and down the battlefield and get him to safety. Uh, that, that that's like kind of what the equivalent of this is in my mind. I I don't see this as brave because it's not risky. Like she's she's going to get praised by the by the corporate press, the mainstream media or whatever you want to call them and all of these you know figureheads these really popular people hollywood's gonna praise her for being brave it's not a risky stance to take you know but hey you know it, it is what it is i suppose you don't want to compete you certainly don't have to i i just don't i don't like when um when non-bravery things just, like get praised for being so brave Anyway, uh, I'm going to wrap there for today, guys. Thank you so very much for listening. Oh, if you are a member of the private Facebook group, I did post a question to you guys because I'm working on the, the merchandise line. And I don't know if I've said anything over the last couple of years that has really resonated with you guys. You have like a quote of mine or something that you'd like to see on a t-shirt or a mug or something like that. Respond to the post. Give me some ideas here because, you know, half the time I don't even remember what the hell I'm talking about. I, I just get in, I turn on this mic and I, I rant and I rave and then uh, I forget about it like two days later. So um, if I've said anything that's actually stuck with you guys that you think should be memorialized on a piece of peddling fiction merchandise, respond to that post. If you'd like to become a member of the private Facebook group, you can do that by going, I don't know, somewhere on Facebook and looking for peddling fiction podcast. It's There's a public page and a private page. The, the public one or the private one, you have to answer a, a couple questions to get in. And then you can uh, join our little community on there. It's a lot of fun. There's a great uh, meme thread that we post once a week, the meme stream. And I do I do peruse through the uh, the posts and the articles when I have time, and it's it's cool to get to interact with you guys. And um, this Friday we will be doing our Friday night happy hour. If you want to get involved in that, you can become a supporting listener of the show by going to peddlingfictionpodcast.com. And if you guys can do all that for me. I will be back on Friday with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction.